After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you were looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised. As he said, Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came to him, took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Well, last week we spoke about... uh, two different concepts of worship. So one word in English, the word worship, translates two different concepts in the Bible, in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Um, In the New Testament, we have the Greek latroia, which means to serve, uh, as a servant serves, and the Greek abad is the word for serving, sorry, the Hebrew abad. And then um, you've also got proskuneo, which means to bow down or prostrate yourself. And uh, the the Hebrew equivalent is shachach. So in these two In Greek and Hebrew, in the New and the Old Testament, there's a big difference between these two terms for worship. But when we have English, we sort of put it all together, and it gets combined. And sometimes it's hard to uh, unpack them. So last week, we focused on serving the Latroio, serving God in your whole life, from Romans 12. And this week, we're looking at particularly the meaning of proskuneo, to to bow down. And um, our passage today is Matthew 28. And uh, we're using as a springboard this verse, verse 9, where it says the disciples, when they see the risen Lord Jesus, they fall down on the ground and it says they grab hold of his feet and they worship him, holding on to his feet. It must have been quite a sight there at the time. Now, today's sermon is a little bit different from the normal kinds of sermon. It's more a teaching opportunity and my inner linguist is coming out. So uh, uh, we're going to look at some word meanings and do some word studies. That's one way to study the Bible. What does that word really mean? And the only way to really work that out is to look at all the ways it's used in the text and understand and think about how the word is used because often the translation uh, misleads or gives you a different impression. Translations always say more than the original and they always say less than the original. That's the way translation is. If you put something in another language, there's always something added and something lost. So this is a, a way of reading slowly or carefully by thinking about what do these words really mean. So our main focus today is on proskuneo, which is to bow down or to prostrate yourself. And it's actually used in the New Testament in uh, three different ways. So the first way that it's used is that when people are asking for something and they really want to ask in a very humble and submissive way, they would go and lie down at someone else's feet and they would make their request. Um, For example, I would really love Matt, who's a warden, to sign something for me. So Matt, (laughs) 
could you please, 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 please sign that document for me, Matt? I really need you to sign that. I won't get up until you say yes. Oh, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Oh, that's good. Oh. So that's certainly one way of asking. That's one way of asking. I think uh, my Persian friends understand it better. I was giving a talk once overseas, and one of my Persian friends, he came up to me, and he, let, he kneeled down on the ground, and he begged me to publish this talk. He said, I really need this talk. I said, oh, what do you do when someone does that to you? Anyway, so there's a few examples of this in the New Testament. Thank you so much, Matt, by the way, for signing the form. I feel a lot better. Um, <laughs> There were some people that came to Jesus for healing, like the synagogue ruler who wanted his daughter to be raised from the dead. He comes and he prostrates himself at the feet of Jesus, and the leper does that as well. And then in one of the parables, a servant who's in trouble with his master, he falls down at the master's feet and makes his request. And then there's another interesting example where the, the, the mother of James and John, their father's name is Zebedee, and his wife, we don't know her name, but she goes to Jesus and she wants Jesus to make James and John like sitting on either side of him in the kingdom of God. She has no idea what she's asking. And when she asks that request, she, gets, she lies down at his feet to make that request because she's very determined that her sons will do well in the kingdom of God. So these are three examples where someone makes a request, a reverential, respectful request by lying down at someone's feet. This is not a major theme in the New Testament, but there are some examples. And then also, um, sometimes this word proskuneo is used as just a general term for worshipping. So, for example, um, going to the temple to worship, and you'd use this word. Um, and there are references to worshipping idols as well. Well, the idea is still bowing down, but it's a general term for worship. So that's also used sometimes. But the most significant way in which this word is used, the most frequent way in which this word is used, is for literally bowing down in worshipping or reverencing someone. So, for example, when the, um, the Magi come and they speak to Herod and they say, we want to do homage before the one who's been born. We want to bow down. And he says, Herod says, I want to bow down too. And then they come and it says they bow down at the feet of Jesus. or They bow down before his cradle, actually, and they offer their, their presence, their gold and their special presence. Um, so that's, that's the first reference in the Gospels to bowing down. Also, Satan invites Jesus to bow down before him, to worship Satan. And Jesus says only God will be bowed down to, worshipped, and served. He uses the word served there as well. And then um, there's an example of a man who's been healed by Jesus. He's being interrogated. And he, then he comes and he just lays himself down at the feet of Jesus and worships him. There's also a demonized man, the demon's speaking through the man, and the man falls down before Jesus. So the demons are worshipping, as it were, submitting before the Lord Jesus. Um, there's also a case where Jesus walks on the water. This is after the feeding of the 5,000. The disciples are going over the lake. Jesus has been praying in the night, and he begins to walk across the lake to them. He reaches them in the boat, and it says when he gets into the boat, they bow down before him. And it would have been pretty awkward in a fishing boat, to be lying down at the feet of Jesus, but that's what they did. Um, then also, another case is the soldiers, when they're mocking Jesus and they put the crown of thorns on his head, it said they worshipped him, they bowed down before him. So they were going, oh king, you know, oh king, you know, it, you, you, it must be so wonderful being such a beautiful king, as they were torturing him. 
And then it says, this is the case of this reading today, that when the disciples met the risen Lord Jesus, they, they bowed down before him. They grabbed hold of his feet to make it really clear, and they lay down before him. And then later, when, they, when he was um, uh, ascending into heaven, it says they, they also bowed down, they worshipped him as well. And Paul, um, uh, sorry, and, and in the Acts of the Apostles, when Peter comes to Cornelius' house, uh, and Cornelius is so excited because he's had an angel tell him that Peter was going to come and that he sent messages and found Peter and it's all happening, Cornelius, it says, fell at, at Peter's feet. He prostrated himself. And Peter said, don't do that. I'm just a human being. Don't worship me. You should worship God. And then um, Paul mentions that someone who comes into a church meeting, a non-believer, and hears a prophecy which is revealing their life before the whole church. So the prophet is speaking kind of things about the person's life. Then this non-believer, he says, will prostrate themselves, fall down on their face and worship God, saying, God is truly here among you. So it's a kind of, I can't help myself, I have to worship the Lord because what's happening here is of God and it's deeply impacting. It also says in Hebrews 1, that the angels have been created to bow down before the Lord, to worship the Lord. And also there are many references in the book of Revelation. Every now and again, the elders are just kind of all falling down in front of the throne. That's what they do. And there's also reference to false worship in, in Revelation as well, worship of idols, bowing down before idols, before the beast and others. But there's many references to worshiping before the throne, people bowing down. And... Um, there's a few interesting things about this. That um, One is that uh, a number of times people bow down before Jesus. And in the Bible, whenever someone bows down before an angel or a, a right kind of thinking human being, the angel always says, don't bow down to me, I'm just an angel. So in Revelation, you know, John wants to fall prostrate before the angel and the angel says, no, you should worship the Lord or Peter. When Cornelius bows before him, um, Peter says, no, don't do that. I'm just a human being. But it's very interesting because every time someone bows down towards Jesus, he never says, you've done the wrong thing. I'm not God. Don't worship me. He just receives it. So that's really interesting. That's one of the ways in which the deity of Christ is reflected in the scriptures. If you're in the Bible study groups, in the um, connect groups, I have a question for you. Uh, in there, how are the other ways in which we know about the deity of Christ from the scriptures? But that's one. Now, latroio, the word that means um, to serve, uh, is used in the New Testament, but not as much as bowing down. It's not as frequent. And there are various references to the people of Israel serving God through observing the law, and especially through temple service. And there's the heavenly serving of God before the throne as well, which is like that's the, the, the temple service is, the, is a reflection of the heavenly service that's happening. There's also a mention of serving false gods and also a few references in Paul and, and some in Hebrews to serving God through Christ in the Spirit, like following Jesus is serving God. That's, that's the way that's expressed. So we looked at one of those references uh, last week. So it's interesting that the references to Latroia or to serving in that way are not as frequent as the ones to bowing down. There's lots of bowing down going on in the New Testament and uh, particularly uh, uh, bowing down in adoration before God or before Jesus. Well, I'd like to... My message is not complicated today apart from bringing these meanings to your attention. 
But I wanted to really challenge you and ask you a question. Um, how do you serve God yourself? Um, this is Latroyo. How do you serve the Lord? One way is through coming to church and being involved in church. So we call helping here serving, serving God through the church. That's the reason why we call this a church service, because we're coming to serve God. If someone says to you, where are you going on Sunday morning? You could say, I'm going to serve the Lord, because that's what a service is. We're here to serve the Lord. But what about the rest of your life, uh, your workplace, your relationships? How are you serving God in all the other things that you're doing? But also, another question I'd like to ask you is, how do you express reverence to God? How do you revere or adore the Lord? What do you do to express that? Do you do it through song? Do you do it through your thoughts, through contemplation, through your mind, uh, through your spirit perhaps, perhaps praying in a prayer language or worshipping the Lord, singing in the spirit? Or do you worship the Lord do you bow down before him with your body? Do you express that? Do you fall flat on your face in your prayer room when you're at home? Or do you kneel? Or do you find some other way of expressing adoration, such as lifting your hands? How do you do that? I actually think every human being, in a sense, we're created to worship, to bow down. We find ourselves truly in that moment of bowing down before the Lord. And the question I'd ask you is, how do you fulfill that or express that in your life? And you can fulfill it in different ways. I'd like to take a moment to look at a, a beautiful old hymn, Worship the Lord in the Beauty of Holiness. And we're going to look at um, how the hymn expresses the idea of revering God. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, bow down before him. So this, is a, this hymn is a meditation on what does it mean to bow down before God. And um, his glory proclaim. And then it says, well, we bow down before him by proclaiming his glory through obedience, the gold of obedience and incense of lowliness. What is the reference to the golden incense here too? That's the Magi, that's right. And it says they bowed down, they prostrated themselves. You can imagine these figures lying flat on their face and handing over their golden incense to the baby. And so this is saying... The golden incense that we offer to Jesus when we bow down before him is our obedience and our humility. We offer it in holiness. So we are revering God and, and bowing down before the Lord through a holy life, through a submitted life of obedience and humility. Let's have a look at some of the other verses. Low at his feet. So this is a reflection on bowing down. At his feet, low down, you lay your burden of carefulness. So that's interesting. So this act of bowing down is expressed through handing your troubles over to the Lord. Because you can carry your troubles with you. Oh, this is my burden. I'm carrying my burden. And that's who I am. I carry my burdens. Uh, but this is saying, no, true worship hands the burden over to the Lord. And he will carry that for you. He will comfort you. He will answer your prayerfulness. So this particular verse is about bowing down by handing your troubles over to the Lord. And here it says, don't be worried that you have little wealth to offer. That's one way of, of, of bowing down, is to give your wealth to the Lord. And he says, don't, don't worry about entering his courts in the slenderness of the poor wealth that you reckon you own. You think you only have a little. But um, the offerings that the Lord wants is truth and beauty from you. 
truth in its beauty, sorry, truth and love, truth and love in its tenderness, grace and truth, truth and love. So these are the offerings we have. Now that's speaking about a consecrated heart. So what I have to bow down before the Lord with is a transformed life. It's a life full of the truth and the beauty of God within me, a changed life. This is the the offering I have before the Lord. And then um, these things, uh, that is humility, obedience, truth, love, our burdens laid down at the feet of Jesus, though we bring them in trembling and fearfulness, he will accept for the name of Jesus and he will bring joy to replace our sorrow and hope to replace our fear. And then uh, it's traditional to sing the first verse again. Worship the Lord, bow down before the Lord in the beauty of holiness, uh, his glory proclaim, gold of obedience, incense of lowliness, bring and adore him, the Lord is his name. So it's a really, it's a very powerful image that you're adoring God by offering him truth, beauty, obedience, humility, your burdens surrendered to him. That is adoration of the Lord to do that. That is a a joyful and beautiful offering of yourself. So this is, in a sense, a spiritual reflection on what it means to physically bow down. But I wanted to say something um, about this, this poem. In a way, it reflects the Church of England, the English tradition, which is um, not very physical. And worship is expressed through words, especially. So if you're, if you're part of a traditional Anglican service, you'll sing the, the psalms in the morning and the evening at morning prayer and evening prayer, even song. And you'll sing in the psalms things like, you know, we will dance and make music melody. We will, we will bow down before the Lord. You know, you can sing hymns like casting down their golden crowns. But you do it in a fairly rigid physical posture. I will dance before the Lord, you know. Ooh. <laughs> I will bow down with my beauty and my holiness. Yeah, well, it's, they're good things, actually. It's a beautiful hymn, and I don't mean to demean it at all. But um, there is something more than, than expressing these uh, character qualities, which are true worship. The hymn is right, but actually we are bodies as well. We, we are spirits as well. You know, we have minds. And I think there's actually something very beautiful and fulfilling about worshipping the Lord with everything that you are, your whole physicality. And that's why I think sometimes people feel a need to bow or to kneel or to physically express their worship before the Lord in, the, in those ways. And um, this is a bit of a problem with Anglo-Saxon culture because it's very unexpressive physically. Um, as Rowan would say, he's dancing on the inside. <laughs> Just to quote Rowan. But in most cultures of the world, people are very expressive and they do dance before the Lord and they express joy and they use their physical bodies to, to worship. And I just really want to encourage you, there's a, there's a freedom and a liberty in that. Not that everyone should do that and, and people are led in different ways. But I, hope, I would hope that in this church there's a great freedom in worship and people can revere the Lord and express adoration for God through their physical beings, through their words, through their songs, through their arms, through, through their character, through their devoted lives, through the offering of their finances to help the Lord, through their time, through all that we have and all that we do in all the different ways, we devote these things to adoring the living God. And it might be helpful for you when you're in the midst of those sorts of services to remember that these are all 
expressions of the heart that wants to be bowing down and prostrating itself before the living God in worship. So I'd like to make a call to us all to worship, to a worship life which engages ourselves in body, in mind, and in spirit, and an intentional consecration of who we are in every aspect of our being uh, to the service of the Lord, a full throttle, all systems, bodily, soul, spirit systems engaged in worshipping the living God, in adoring him. And, and without embarrassment or self-consciousness or cultural um, you know, restraint, but to say, that's who I am. I am a worshipper. I've been made by God to bow down before him with everything that I have and to lay it all before him for his glory. Uh, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you do call us to worship you in the beauty of holiness. And Lord, I ask that you would stir us up by your spirit to worship you with all that we have, everything that you've given us, Lord, laid down before you. And Lord, I pray that we would be unashamed to be a worshipping community, a community that knows how it, what it is to, to lay everything down at the feet of Jesus. And uh, I pray, Lord, that you'd set us free and give us a, a beautiful abandon in you, a courage, a grace to be counted as people who worship you without any kind of looking back or, or, or wondering if there's another way, but just wholeheartedly giving all of ourselves to worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.